0: Still, it's a beautiful day for a ball game here on a Thursday at the ballpark, And you know that because we do weather and traffic and time on the twos and the eights and the fours every three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Never mind. So what would you say the greatest play was uh, from this uh, hot dog Hall of Famer, Glenn Beck? Well, I don't think he had any good moments, Glenn. Uh, I think. I think as usual, he let us all, all the right, this bit isn't <laughs> working. We're just gonna get right to the podcast brought to you by Jace Medical. The American Society of Healthcare Pharmacists, the group that tracks the production of medications around the world, has declared a worldwide shortage of antibiotics, specifically amoxicillin. Well, it's a good thing that's, you know, not used for all kinds of different infections. I want you to check out Jace Medical. Do your own homework. I think this is fantastic. Jace Medical uh, has come up with something they call the Jace case. It's J-A-S-E case, the Jace case. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, a whole lot more. It's not just for shortages. It's also, for instance, uh, you know, we go up to our, our ranch. It's in the middle of the mountains. We're like an hour away from a hospital. Oh, yeah. Snake bite. Oh, yeah. It could happen. We'd be dead before we got to the hospital, especially if we were the ones driving. Anyway, um, the Jace case is there. If you have something when you're on vacation or you're you're out hiking or whatever it is, you'll be able to have these antibiotics with you. So it's for emergencies. And it's also for shortages. Be prepared. JaceMedical.com. J-A-S-E Medical.com. Use the offer code Beck 10 at checkout and you'll save 10 bucks off your order. It's JaceMedical.com. You're
1: listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
0: Okay, all righty then. So we're sending tanks. Flashback, flashback, flashback. Don't kid yourself if we send tanks and airplanes. Well, that is. uh, Don't kid yourself. That's World War Three. Okay, what's changed? I'd like to know what's changed. Have we had a debate on any of this? Are you for the sixty billion dollars? That we already sent over to Ukraine. Are you cool with that? Because I'm not cool with that. I haven't liked that from the beginning. Why are we doing it? Why are we doing it? There's no debate on the floor of the House and the Senate. We don't have that anymore. We don't do that anymore. So why aren't we debating the money? And then how come it was exposed last week? What was it? Ten 10 executives from uh, Ukraine, 10 different politicians had to resign because they've been funneling our money off. They're buying houses and vacations and sports cars. We all knew this. You knew it. I knew it. People who voted for Joe Biden, they know it. People who didn't vote for Joe Biden, they know it. Aren't we in this together as Americans Because you're about to go into World War III. By the way, after Ukraine scored the U.S. tanks, now Zelensky yesterday said, Great, we just need now some modern fighting jets from America, and we'd like missile systems. What? What? First of all, who the hell do you think you are? Second of all, are you out of your mind? Apparently, yes. And so are all of the world leaders. And I have a very big warning for you. Already, the New York Times is washing their hands for Joe Biden. It is Pontius Pilate. Read the story in the New York Times that is talking about the tanks. Oh, you know, he's doing it reluctantly. Look, I I wash my hands of this whole crucifixion thing. I, I see no wrong in this, man, but I will do what you want me to do. That's the way they are now presenting our tank deliveries. Joe Biden didn't want to do it, but Germany really forced him. No, excuse me. Excuse me. Our administration really wanted tanks there. But they wanted Germany to do it. And Germany, after we were pressuring them, said, We're not doing that by ourselves. You want us to do that? You send your tanks and we'll send our tanks, but we're not sending them by ourselves. Okay, Germany's pressuring us. We have to do it. Look out. Look out, America. Let me take you back to a place in history so you understand. If you are younger, you're not my age, you may not understand how things used to work and how they're supposed to work when you live in a democratic republic. December 8th, 1941. Franklin Roosevelt is wheeled into the Capitol and then with braces on his legs, he struggles because he has polio, no power in his legs, He struggles to make it up to the podium. He grips that podium, and he delivers one of the most famous speeches in the 20th century. December 7th, 1941. A date that will live in infamy. He then declares war on the government of Japan. Germany declares war on us. But why did he give that speech? To announce that we were going to war, he gave his speech so Congress could then vote on war. Now, it wasn't a long uh, debate, it happened later in that day because we were attacked. The day before, Pearl Harbor happened. So the vote was nearly unanimous. There was only one vote against and one abstention. By the way, the vote against was from a communist in Vermont. I think it was Bernie Sanders, but I'm not sure. (laughs) The speech was historic. But it is important today to look at that and understand the gravity of it. In the U.S., As per our Constitution, there's a process. We allegedly have a way we're supposed to do things like committing our military to war and spilling not those in Washington, not their blood. Hunter Biden is not going to the front lines. They are not even discussing the blood of our children. Our treasure Our good name, FDR, that wasn't a photo op. He was asking Congress, democratically elected officials, to vote to give him the authority to go to war against Japan because that is the process. Well, you're not going to have a choice. You're not going to have a choice. It will be December 7th. That'll be the first time they actually discuss it in Congress. When we are hit with a massive cyber attack from Russia in response. Think of this. You're in the Soviet Union. And people are like, oh, we're not fighting a war against the United States. Well, your response most likely would be, the hell we're not. They're sending them all of the missiles. They're sending them the technology. They're sending them the bullets. They're sending them now. Offensive weapon. This is not a defensive weapon. A tank is not a defensive uh, weapon. It is an offensive weapon, and it even says in the Pontius Pilot is really a good guy article on this today. They even say this is for the offense that Zelensky is planning in the spring. I have to tell you, we're at war with Russia. We are at war. The Biden administration and the war hawks on both the right and the left have decided that we don't need to check with you. We don't need to vote on things. We don't need a consensus. They're just the stupid people. For those of us who grew up in the Cold War days, those who grew up in the Red Dawn 80s era... We only imagine tanks rolling across Europe against Russians, uh, the Russian T-72s and see U.S. F-16 fighting Falcons going against MiG-29s. We saw that because they were going to attack us. And then it quickly just went into nuclear war. For those of you who... Who might have been wishing for that. Well, your fairy godmother called Joe Biden just granted your wish. We are sending tanks. And we're now allowing several European countries to send F-16 fighter jets. Full stop. No joke, folks. Folks the cream of the crop of U.S. weaponry is going straight up against the Russians on the ground and in the sky, and it will be war. But no vote, no no debate. We don't get a say-so. Do you have a say-so on anything in your life? Did you have a say-so with this government? Do they actually Work for the people. Is this a government of the people, by the people, and for the people? I got to tell you, no on all three counts. No on all three counts. You tell me what's going on. You tell me when you were consulted. TARP, it was an emergency. December 7th. It was an emergency. We had to deliver TARP. There was barely any discussion. We did it. We just did it. The money printing. By the way, with TARP, you were left out in the cold. The banks got everything. But then the Fed just went out of control on its own. A private corporation in bed. This is a private public partnership. This is what it means. The Fed, a private corporation, In bed with the government of the United States just starts printing money. Did you okay $7 trillion to go over to foreign countries between the crash of 08 and 2020? Did you okay that? Were you cool with all of this stuff? No, you didn't really have a choice. How about were you cool when they shut down your business but opened Home Depot? Were you cool with that? Were you cool with... You must take this vaccine. Maybe you might have been, but are you still cool with it now that we know? And don't take it from Robert Kennedy. Take it from Bill Gates. The vaccine didn't work. And yet they're still trying to force you to do it. The masks don't work. Yet they're still trying to get you to wear a mask on an airplane. Did you know the administration was fighting for that? Was that a fight for you and what you wanted? Or was that a fight for what maybe they want? (sighs) Do you hear anybody battling for voter ID? Nobody trusts, nobody trusts anything anymore. Why, when you have about 80% of the American population, but that's all sides, 80% are for voter identification, but they're not passing that. Why? It ain't because they work for you, because if they did work for you, they had already passed it. This is the best of the Glenbeck program. Okay. Uh, we have Denise Warrior um, Warner on uh, the phone with us. Her sister was killed for improper mask wear. And I want to make sure that we get the story from the horse's mouth. Denise, first of all, our sympathies are with you and your family. And thank you for coming on and retelling a story that has got to be painful.
1: Good morning, Glenn. Thank you very much for having me and part of me your your, um, You've captured the essence of everything, what happened quite perfectly. It's got me a little emotional, actually. Sorry. Thank you.
0: It, um, mm. I saw the video last week, and I think we that's when we started talking, my office and, and you. But um, we were so shocked when we saw this video. It's, we're showing it now if you happen to be a Blaze TV subscriber. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, I, I mean, it's horrific, where, what? Pretty despicable. Despicable. So she was sitting off to the side, kind of all by herself. Had she just arrived at the hospital? Had she been there for a while? What's the story?
1: So she had been um, in the hospital two weeks prior, uh, or rather, sorry, had been released just about a, a week prior. She had an underlying lung disease and had contracted COVID. So she was one of those folks who, who got quite unwell. She recovered. She had tested negative and was released. Within a couple of days, some of those lingering symptoms seemed to exacerbate. So she returned to hospital on May 10th, was there in the evening, you know, had a productive cough and had some obvious uh, struggling uh, with breath. So she had been in the ER um, and, you know, she'd been in the ER for about 20 or so odd hours, was admitted. Yeah, she was admitted. So she was brought uh, to the floor at 6 a.m. Now my understanding is, although she was known to be COVID negative, because she had similar symptoms, she was placed on the COVID floor. So oh, she's, great. you know, on the, fl- on the floor at 6 a.m. and asks for food. They don't have anything, so she decides. Of course, it's a basic need. You're hungry, so she thinks that she's going to find something at the food court. So she makes her way to the food court with her mask on, following whatever policies they had, and she becomes, of course, very unwell, as you can see in the video, without breath, and sits in a corner to try to get her breath, you know, as if um, anyone else would do if you can't breathe. She removed the mask because it was an obstruction, and that's where, um, you know, things pick up, as you said, that it was identified that she didn't have her mask on. It was below her chin, and uh, within minutes, um, the security shows up on site. They, uh, you know, grip her, crush her into a wall. Um, and then there's a restraint and surprise, an unwell, petite, frail woman goes into respiratory distress, uh, sorry, cardiac arrest. And um, as you see in the video, she is carted down a hallway like garbage.
0: I, I, it, I, I have to tell you, the, the disrespect for a a a dead body it was Mm. was so shocking uh to me i mean she was practically dragged down the hall um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, when she was um um under attack these soldiers really these security guards come pin her against the wall you would think she's a criminal and the Mm -hmm. one that i think is the most abhorrent is the What I think is a nurse that first goes over and talks to her, she is just yelling at her to put the mask back back on. No compassion in this video at all for your sister.
1: She's she's actually one of the accused. She's a female security guard. You're absolutely correct. She steps in immediately and she is intimidating and she is provoking and she's a bully and obviously her yeah her ego is front and center and i think that uh you know she was just waiting for my sister to flinch and she was ready to take her down because she could
0: It's unbelievable because she could Okay so um the this this apparently I don't know how your system works, but it, it went up to a district attorney or something. How What happened next? These guys were being held for manslaughter, right?
1: So they were both charged with manslaughter and criminal negligence causing death. And uh, the way that our system works is you go to a pretrial. And at that point, uh, the um, government and the defense put their cards forward. A judge determines, is there enough evidence here to go to trial and so that justice justice Qualley determined there was enough evidence for it to be put to a jury trial defense counsel filed uh, an appeal and their suggestion was that there was a lack of evidence and so mm-hmm. this goes before justice sean dunphy and he listens to a few hours of oral summations and reads some uh written summations uh, did in he one see day. the video he did Actually, and oh, he was quite dismissive of it, if, if I'm truthful. He was, his, his actual words were, and I'll quote, is this was assaultive at best.
0: Okay. And, okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that the video speaks for itself, that, that it, it is evident. As, as you rightly pointed out, this was a killing. So Justice Dunphy decided that um, there was insufficient evidence. He aligned with the defense, and in fact, he made that decision effectively before the end of oral summations. He was asking the defense counsel, well, huh, how do you want me to uh, basically send this to you? Huh, what term do you want me to use? And um, and it was tossed. Um, and and I think that not only the, you know, there's been an incredible national reaction, but it is, it is at a global scale, which I think...
0: Oh, So the Canadian people are responding properly to this?
1: You know, I'm not sure if we, uh, our our culture probably isn't as assertive as American culture. And I can say that because I'm married to an American. (laughs) So, So, but I will say that there has been, um, there has been an outrage. There has been an outrage. I mean, I, I, Personally, of course, I would have, you know, appreciated us cha- appreciated us chanting in the street, so to speak. But yeah. um, there has been a, there has been an outrage. Um, but I have, uh, and I have done, you know, everything that I can to try to reach out to the the folks in, uh, you know, power in elected government. And I've been stonewalled at every pass.
0: Well, let me give you some updates here. We uh, wrote to several people, the Premier of Ontario, University Health Network CEO, the Attorney General of Ontario, and the Justice, uh, Dumphy. Uh, And we said we were going to be doing this program today. Uh, We... Uh, quoted what the cbc said and we said we are looking what actions did the hospital take against the guards who were criminally charged the guard who was uh who adjusted the camera to avoid capturing the confrontation are they still employed uh or at the hospital or any capacity at the university health network if so what action was taken against them um, and we asked for statements on, from all of them, uh, in, in regard to what they had to do. The hospital network said they won't comment on any matter before the court. Um, and they won't comment on anybody's employment. Uh, Ken, Andrew Kennedy, uh, which one is he? Andrew Kennedy. He is, oh, I don't know. Um, uh, he's a spokesperson, uh, I guess, to the for the Attorney General of Ontario. Our sympathies are with the Warner family regarding the death of their loved one. It's important to note that the courts are independent of the Ontario government, and neither government ministries nor elected representatives can interfere with court decision making. Wow! If that's not just a weasel. Um, that's a yeah, kiss off is what it is. It really
1: want you to vanish.
0: Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've re- received um, many responses, but I don't think any of them a request for uh, Ford's office. Uh, no, they didn't. We didn't get anything there. Uh, so there's a there's a lot of uh, responses, but they were all pretty much generally weasel. Um, so what how can we help you?
1: I think those responses, before we go on, are, are pretty, you know, I think that it, they are another level of complicity, complicity here. Um, you know, I, I have filed a complaint with the Canadian Judicial Council, which apparently is an independent association responsible for oversight of our justices. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you at this point, I, I lack any uh, trust that there will be uh, any movement. Interestingly, I've heard some, from some, you know, other folks that, again, these are allegations, but that Justice Sean Dunphy is, is well known for being one-sided and uh, for not looking at totality, um, and has made some other pretty um, con- controversial decisions. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure what more can be done. I have I have spent three years stamping my feet, accessing systems. To um, seek oversight, I've done everything I can. And interestingly, um, some of those folks uh, are still employed. In fact, the the person who moved the camera, who tampered with evidence, is still employed at University Health Network.
0: I have to tell you that if you moved the camera, you did it because Mm -hmm. you knew you were doing something wrong. Why Absolutely. else would you move the camera? Why would you even think about that? You move the mm-hmm. camera. Mm-hmm.
1: His testimony at pre-trial was that he panicked and that he has an anxiety problem. And so I think either way you look at that, actually, when he was pressed further, why did you panic? Why? You know, and he says, well, uh, it was the use of force. No kidding. No kidding. Um, this, this was not their first rodeo, um, in, in my estimation, you know, I think, uh, I think that wow. folks ought to be very concerned and university health network is the largest hospital network in Canada. So they operate a number of very big hospitals in the downtown core, which as you know, Toronto is one of the largest cities in the world, uh, North America, especially. So, you know, everyone's just hands off. They don't want to, they, they don't want to, um, you know, Rock the boat. You know, pull, pull the layers back and take a look
0: um i i, I have to tell you we are following this um uh, this story we will continue to follow it denise i'm going to post this story along with all of the email addresses i would ask the audience um to just send a very nice uh tweet or uh or write uh these offices and just say we think this is a uh a real injustice here. This is this is a, a killing. I don't personally know why there isn't a, a George. Flo- well, yes, I do. There's no money to be made here. And it's not in the um, you know, it doesn't fit into the narrative. Uh, in fact, it fits very well into the neighborhood uh, na- uh, narrative of covid. People are dangerous. We should take them out. Um, but uh, this is a human life. And if this is the treatment you get from a hospital, Canada You should be uh, afraid to go to the hospital. My grandfather, he was born in 1903, and he said, never take me to the hospital. Hospitals are where people go to die. And because of his experience before antibiotics and everything else, that was true. And I think it's becoming true again, uh, but just for different reasons. So we're going to post all of their email addresses. And I would just ask you a very nice email just saying, this is an injustice, a clear injustice, and we'll include uh, the video so you can see it. If you happen to agree, uh, you need to um, you need to rally behind this family. This should be a global movement because life matters. Life matters. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Denise. Let us know how we can help.
1: Thank you so much. You I'm bet. really grateful for your support. Thank you.
0: You bet listening to the best of the glenn beck program let's go to uh chris stewart hello chris how are you
2: good morning glenn are we going to talk planes trains and automobiles (laughs)
0: yes i think we i think we have to uh first of all i kind of remember when the american people were consulted about important things And then it would go into Congress and the Senate and they would debate and have to vote. I am so glad we are past that messy part and we can just send offensive weapons against Russia just right there. So we could go into World War Three without a messy discussion.
2: Yeah. Well, your memories are so cute, aren't they? Yes, they
0: are. So dusty and old.
2: You know, Glenn, I have supported, uh, as a former military officer and someone who works in intelligence national security, I supported our initial efforts in Ukraine. I think we did the right thing. Uh, at the I beginning. That, uh, w- I agree with yeah, you and, at the and, beginning. And it's been very effective. It's been a very good return on investment. And essentially, we've been able to decimate the Russian military and find out that they were a paper tiger. But we're at the point now where we have to begin to ask these questions. In fact, we're beyond the point do, are our goals aligned with President Zelensky's? Because I can tell you that they're not. He says he will not quit fighting until we go into, all the way to Crimea, which I promise you, Vladimir Putin is not going not gonna to allow that to happen without responding. Nope. And every time we have a proxy war such as this, and there's an escalation on one side, and you could go back to, from Korea to Vietnam, in the most recent example is Syria, Every time you have an escalation on one side, it doesn't end the war. It leads to an escalation on the other side. Yeah. And you just have this continual acceleration. It leads to more blood, more conflict, more deaths. And, and I think, that once again, we have got to ask ourselves, what is the end game in Ukraine? How much time, how much money are we willing to spend there? And how do we minimize the threat globally? if we reach a point where Vladimir Putin does something that we all deeply hope that he would never
0: do. Chris, can I, can I put the shoe on the other foot? If Russia were doing the same thing, the sides were switched. If Russia were doing the same thing to us, would you not be having conversations in Washington saying their allies have said, this is war against the United States. They're sending in now offensive weapons, for a move Zelensky's going to make, or our guy's going to make, in the spring. This is war. This is war. They've declared war on us. Would we not at least be having those discussions?
2: Well, we should. And, of course, we would. And, of course, Russia should. And, of course, Russia should.
0: Yeah, they are
2: exactly right, which is to the point about we need to understand and decide what is our national goal, what are our national strategies here? And not just allow this to step by step, move us into a position that's indefensible when it comes to the interest of the American people and the interest of global security, because those two have to be imbalanced and until we answer those questions you're going to have a growing number of Americans who say i'm not sure that i support this ad in i'm not sure i'm going to support this kind of money and this kind of escalation
0: we are going has to be a
2: dangerous downside
0: we are going to be asked to send our sons and daughters if this escalates out of control our sons and daughters will be drafted because they won't volunteer because They they can't. We don't have the army that we even need. We're not hitting any of the recruiting numbers. So our kids are going to be asked to go and die for a war that nobody understands. And there is no way you might support the Ukrainians. You might support the Russians, but you're not willing to say, no, I I'm willing to lose my house and my children for it. Nobody's at that point.
2: We just can't reach that point, Glenn. No. We can never reach a point where we send American soldiers uh, to fight in Ukraine.
0: Okay. Um, well, I think I think we're going to be, uh, I mean, it's an offensive, a tank is an offensive weapon, not a defensive weapon. Do you agree with that?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the whole design of it, the whole purpose of it is to move the battlefield. It's right. to move an offense, a defensive line. It's to gain territory. Right. It, it, is a, it is a very different weapon than, say, a Patriot missile system, which Correct. is designed to protect your own, uh, your own people, and your own resources.
0: Um, all right, um, Chris. Let me uh, change. You are you still on the Intel Committee or not? I am, sir. You are, and
2: in fact, we're expanding that because I'm going to sit on the new Church Committee, which I think is some of the most important work <sighs> we could do as we look to rein in the FBI and DOJ and others.
0: And the people that are on the new Church Committee, are you guys? They're all serious. I mean, are they all brave, fearless? Or are they
2: weasels? uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're members of Congress, Glenn. Right,
0: so they're weasels. I mean, no, no, no. (laughs) They're all honorable. Uh, okay.
2: No, no. I mean, look, Jim. Jim Jordan is someone that uh, that I think I, I trust, and he's earned our trust. And uh, you got people like myself, Tom Massey, who's a, a good friend, a, a real libertarian, and, and understands, uh, you know, the line between uh, b- between what we should allow and power we should allow our federal government, and power right. that we should not. Okay. I don't know all the members. A couple of them are new, but it, but it is a serious effort. I promise you that.
0: Good. All right. The Mental Health Caucus. You're now the co-chair of that. What what is that? And so go ahead
2: well, Glenn, I mean, when I came to Congress, I didn't know that I'd become involved with mental health and, and emotional health and suicide prevention. I mean, I wrote the legislation that created the 988 number, the National Suicide Hotline Prevention Number. And the reason that drew me into this was our veterans, the fact that we had 22 veterans a day that were committing suicide. But shortly after that, it was a mental health crisis that we recognized is taking place among our kids, I mean, we are destroying a generation as, the, as we allow them and encourage them to wallow in this cesspool of social media. So we have a we have a bill, and I believe we're going to have bipartisan support for it. And I know you you, you know some may not like this because it does. Uh, it, it, they'll say it's big nanny, it's a, a nanny government. But we should protect our kids. We don't allow them to drink, we don't allow them to drive, we don't allow them to buy cigarettes or marijuana. Why do we allow a nine year old to spend Five hours a day, and that is the average for an American nine-year-old. Five hours a day on social media, the average 13-year-old is nine hours a day. And it destroys their confidence. It destroys their self-worth. It makes it so they can't look at a life of hope. And uh, we hope to move legislation that would preclude the social media companies from allowing anyone under 16 to, to uh, have a social media account. And you have to recognize, Glenn, that Instagram and TikTok are designed to be the emotional heroin, and they are delivering advertising to nine, 10, 11, and twelve-year-olds. Oh yeah, that is their target audience.
0: They they all are designed to really rewire your brain to be able to not be able to get off of those social media platforms. There, it it is an IV bag of dopamine. And uh, it's, it, it's destroying our society. It's destroying our children. But how are you going to do that? They, they will all say, you got to be older than nine to do this. I mean, uh, how, how are you going to actually yeah, police yeah, it's that?
2: Actually, it's actually pretty simple. And before I, I answer that, could I just make one more point? We, we now live in a society where nearly a third of our young people have contemplated suicide And have discussed how they would commit suicide with the print. Nearly a third of them. That's what we've done to our kids. So how do we stop them? Well, it's actually pretty simple. And that is for a new account, we're not going to go back and try and kick anyone off. That would be nearly impossible. But for any new account, that the social media companies would require them to show uh, proof of how old they are. Now, I argue with the social media accounts, you already know how old they are. You know everything about them. You know what their shoe size is and what they eat for breakfast. And they'll say, no, 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 we don't know anything That's about them. That's bull crap. But, they do. But, but let's put that aside. Okay, so let's say you don't know. You still have to verify. And so they would have to show a driver's license or a, or a birth certificate. And, again, I know that some people are comfortable uncomfortable with that. I know there's privacy issues. But if we can save a 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old young person, a young, uh, a young girl, a young boy, from immersing themselves in this world that can be so destructive, I believe it's well worth the price. And then the second element to that, Glenn, is you actually provide legal standing to parents and the states to sue the social uh, media companies if they don't adhere to this and then for the damage that they do, whether it's your child who maybe is involved with uh, – uh, who now is is suicidal or, or anxious or depressed or states can pursue legal remedies as well
0: so Chris I you know all due respect I love you um, and I appreciate you know what what you're trying to do I'm not sure I agree with your solutions but I applaud you for looking into it and uh, and beginning to to study it the problem is social media I'm not sure the best way the best way to do it but we are doing experiment i mean i'd love to see the nuremberg uh, laws enacted here but unfortunately we're all volunteering for these tests we're doing massive experiments on our children and ourselves and the yeah. social media companies they absolutely know what they're doing um yeah, and I mean, it it is unethical and it is so destructive um it's a yeah. it's a real problem
2: Glenn, that's why I look forward to talking to you about this today, because I, I, I wondered whether you would support this idea. And I know that you and I feel the same way about emotional health and mental health. And, and like most Americans now, we have experience with someone we love who has, uh, who has taken their own life or attempted to do that. And the tragedy that is for so many people. Um, and, and, and gosh, Glenn, if you or if any of your listeners have a different idea, please tell us because we're open to anything that, that would uh, uh, protect our children from this. Uh, but short of us having a better idea, this is uh, one avenue that I think is worth pursuing.
0: Well, I, I'd like to, I, I hope you debate it and debate it in public, because I would like to, to hear the debate on it. And, and uh, I'm sure if anybody has an idea, you know, you can, uh, you can tweet at uh, Chris Stewart. And if you don't agree, you don't have to say, I can't believe just say like I did. I don't think I agree with you. I'm not sure I agree with you. Have you thought of this? Let's be productive uh, on this. I, I, Chris, I, I, this is very personal to me. I have had a suicide attempt and, uh, um, and a, uh, ideation of suicide in my family, uh, in the you know, uh, not too distant past. And uh, if that's happening in my family and I don't know what to do about it, you know, I've had I've had what three suicides in my family. One on two on my side, one on my wife's side. Uh, it's an epidemic. And you just, when it comes to your kids, I don't know what to say to you because I don't understand their world. They are living in a different world entirely. I mean, I, I talked to a girl who said, do you know what it's like to always have to be on? And I said, what do you, what do you mean? And she said, you, you go to school. I can't have a bad hair day. I can't have a bad outfit day. I can't just go as a slob sometimes because it will be recorded and it will be out there forever. I didn't even think of that. And it's ridiculous that she had to think of that. But they are under so much pressure all the time. And it's not just social media. It is also just the access to the phone uh, and the videotaping and everything else. It's it's a real problem.
2: Chris? Well, it's more... We've a problem, Glenn. It's a tragedy. I mean, it's just there just aren't words strong enough to what we've done to our young people, yeah. the pressures that we put on them. And again, this is a long road. This legislation isn't going to happen this week. It'll take yeah. it years. We look forward to people's inputs, but we've got to do something to protect our kids.
0: I agree. And it's not just our kids. I don't know if you know this. I'm sure you do. Um, the suicide rate around, among African-American men is up like 30 or 35 percent. It's, mm. it's crazy. It is... We there's there's an issue of meaningless that we have to talk about. Um, yeah, nothing has meaning anymore. Chris, well, thank you, Glenn. Thank you. I uh, I appreciate it, and uh, and God bless. <laughs>